This is a Flashbooks audio summary on Steal Like an Artist, 10 Things Nobody Told You About Being Creative by Austin Cleon, narrated by Dean Bakari. Steal Like an Artist is a book about permission, permission to stop hiding behind your own shadow, permission to start creating something that actually matters, permission to stand on the shoulders of the giants that came before you and take advantage of their great ideas. The idea isn't to quote-unquote steal other people's work, so don't do that. Stealing is bad. Just take bits and pieces from other people's work and make something of your own out of it. If you use someone else's stuff to make something of your own, then let them know about it. It's usually, but not always, flattering. This isn't a book for artists creating art. It's a book for anyone creating anything. Crucial quotes from Steal Like an Artist. Quote, Be regular and orderly in your life so that you may be violent and original in your work. Gustave Flaubert. Quote, You don't want to look like your heroes. You want to see like your heroes. Quote, The manifesto is this. Draw the art you want to see. Start the business you want to run. Play the music you want to hear. Write the books you want to read. Build the products you want to use. Do the work you want to see done. Quote, It is our failure to become our perceived ideal that ultimately defines us and makes us unique. The final crucial quote is, If you ever find that you're the most talented person in the room, you need to find another room. Tweetable summary. Take what you find inspiring and use it. Reuse it and remix it until you've created something new and unique that you can call your own. Big idea number one. Steal like an artist. Quote, everything that needs to be said has already been said, but since no one was listening, everything must be said again. Unquote. When people call something original or unique, most of the time they just don't know about the references or the original sources that were involved in creating it in the first place. Real artists understand that nothing's really original. Nothing comes from nowhere and everything builds on what came before it. An actionable insight from this big idea First one being, instead of being concerned about whether you're copying or duplicating another person's work, look for ways to build upon the work that came before you. The key here is to embrace influence rather than run away from it. Learn from the work of others, and then, if you're so inclined, make it better, make it different, make it yours, make it original. New ideas are nothing more than just remixes of old ideas. Another insight here is to carry a notebook with you wherever you go so you can jot down ideas for later. Also, school yourself and be curious about the things that inspire you. Maintain a library of books, even if you don't plan on reading any of them yet. Google everything. Surround yourself with people who are smarter than you so you can learn from them and become better. Big idea number two. Don't wait until you know who you are to get started. Start right now. Quote, if you have one 
person you are influenced by. Everyone will say you're the next whoever. But if you rip off 100 people, everyone will say you're so original. You've probably heard the old phrase, fake it till you make it. Author Austin Kleon interprets that phrase in two ways. The first interpretation is this. Pretend to be something you're not until you are. Fake it until you're successful, until everybody sees you the way you want them to. Or, the second perspective is to pretend to be making something until you actually make something. Both ways are acceptable. The key, says Cleon, is to understand that you have to dress for the job you want, not the job you have. And you have to start doing the work you want to be doing. A few key insights from this big idea. Start copying. We learn who we are by pretending to be our heroes. We learn by copying. This, though, shouldn't be confused with plagiarism. Plagiarism is attempting to pass someone else's work off as your own. Copying is reverse engineering great work, sort of like taking something apart to see how it works and then perhaps putting it back together with your own unique twist. So who should you copy? You should copy your heroes, the people you love and look up to, the people who inspire you, and the people you want to be like. Don't just copy one of your heroes. Copy all of them. So what exactly is it that you should copy? Well, once you've identified who you'll be copying, it's important to figure out what you'll copy. And this brings us to a very, very crucial point that you must always, always keep in mind. Do not just steal their style. Steal the thinking behind their style. You don't want to look like your heroes. You want to see like your heroes. It's important to understand that paradigm or lens through which your heroes look at life. If you only mimic the surface of it all, the surface of their work, you'll end up coming off as a phony. But if you internalize the mindset, the paradigm, you'll be on your way to mastery. Big idea number three, write the book you want to read. The best advice is not to write what you know, it's to write what you like. The same advice applies to your life and your work. Don't do work or take a job just because you know how to do it. Do it because you like to do it. An actionable insight from this big idea is this. Take a moment. Take a moment to think about the people in your life and career that inspire you most, your heroes. Now, ask and answer the following questions of yourself as you think about who these people are and the work that they've created. What did they miss? What didn't they create? What could have been created better? If they're no longer around, what would they have made if they were still around? If you could corral together a dream team of your greatest heroes to come together and collaborate, what would they make with you as their leader. Big idea number four, use your hands. Quote, work that only comes from the head isn't any good. You need to find a way to bring your body into your work. Our nerves aren't a one-way street. Our bodies can tell our brains as much as our brains can tell our bodies. You know the phrase, going through the motions. That's what's so great about creative work. If we start going through the motions, if we strum a guitar or shuffle sticky notes around the conference table, the motion kickstarts our brain into thinking. Unquote. Within the context of your work, 
how can you put your hands to use? Could you sketch out your plans instead of creating a digital diagram? Could you use the dry erase board to present an idea instead of PowerPoint? Could you journal on paper rather than the digital journaling app that you've got? Using your hands to interact with something that you're making can spark a special connection that computers just can't produce. Give it a shot every now and then. Big idea number five, side projects and hobbies are important. Quote from the author, one thing I've learned in my brief career, it's the side projects that really take off. The stuff that you thought was just messing around. Stuff that's just play. That's actually the good stuff. That's when the magic happens. Contrary to popular belief, it won't be the death of you to be working on multiple projects simultaneously. In fact, it's healthy to get sick of working on the same project after a while. The benefit of having a few different projects going on at the same time is the ability to switch it up. Whenever you're feeling sick of working on one project or stuck or unproductive on it, you can visit another one. Oftentimes, switching things up will give you fresh ideas you wouldn't have thought of if you were grinding away on the same thing for prolonged periods of time. On the other hand, though, it's important to remember not to switch your focus from project to project too often either. Sometimes you need to push past plateaus to achieve new breakthroughs. It's also okay to be multi-passionate. Not everyone's born to be an artist or writer, entrepreneur, whatever. Don't feel like you have to pick just one thing to be passionate about. Don't discard your passions. Embrace them. And if possible, connect them with one another to create something unique. Actionable insight from this big idea? Practice productive procrastination. Try mindfully bouncing back and forth between multiple projects. When you're sick and tired of working on one thing, move to another. And when you're sick of that one, go back to the project you left off at. Big idea number six, do good work and share it. Quote, if there was a secret formula for becoming known, I'd give it to you. But there's only one not so secret formula that I knew. Do good work and share it with people. Every college campus is filled with professors and students. Professors are paid to pay attention to your ideas, and your classmates are paid to pay attention to your ideas. Never again will you have such a captive audience. In the real world, people are too busy to pay attention, which makes things kind of hard when we embark on a new endeavor or career. Unfortunately, this news is disheartening for a lot of folks. But truth be told, it's actually good news that people aren't paying attention to you in the beginning because the beginning stages of most endeavors are filled with mistakes and mishaps and failures, both big and small. It doesn't matter whether you're launching a startup or creating a work of art or composing a piece of writing. It's good not to have too many eyes paying attention to you in the early stages because it's better to attract attention once you've pushed past the initial stages and worked out all the bugs. The best time to attract attention is when you've hit your stride and begin producing the good stuff. The not-so-secret formula that'll lead you to your eventual success is twofold. Step one is about focusing on doing good work. Of course, this is difficult. You have to practice your craft every single day. You have to understand that you'll be stuck for a while. This is a good time to accept 
and learn from your failures. Become better from failing for long enough and eventually you'll stop failing and start succeeding. Step two, share it with people. Thanks to the internet, sharing your work isn't nearly as hard as it used to be. So take advantage of the times and learn to leverage it by finding others that are curious about the same things you're curious about. Share your passions, share your work, share your secrets too. People will love you for it. They might even end up buying your stuff because, heck, if the free stuff is so good, then the stuff that he or she is selling is probably even better. An actionable insight from this big idea? When you start out, don't concern yourself too much with getting noticed. Concern yourself more so with getting practice. Make stuff you enjoy. Do things because they're fun to do. When no one knows you, you don't have to worry about the distractions that prevent you from making progress. You don't have any reputation to manage at this point yet. No agents, no shareholders, just you and your thing. Enjoy it while it lasts. Finally, focus on doing good work. And don't be afraid to share it with others. Big idea number seven. Geography is obsolete. Quote, you don't have to live anywhere other than the place you are to start connecting with the world you want to be in. If you feel stuck somewhere, if you're too young or too old or too broke, or if you're somehow tied down to a place, take heart. There's a community of people out there that you can connect with. Unquote. And you can find that community, by the way, on this little thing they call the World Wide Web. The internet allows us to work from anywhere and connect with anyone. All we need to do is use it. As profound as the internet is, though, it also pays to leave home from time to time and experience the wide variety of things the real world has to offer. As author Austin Kleon writes, your brain gets too comfortable in your everyday surrounding. You need to make it uncomfortable. You need to spend time in another land, among people that do things differently than you. Travel makes the world look new. And when the world looks new, our brains work harder. Big idea number eight. Write public fan letters and keep a praise file. You know, oftentimes when we express our admiration for someone's work or their art, by way of fan letters, for instance, we tend to expect a response from that person. And it doesn't always happen. And you know what? That's a-okay. If you really love someone's work, you shouldn't need them to thank you for loving it. You shouldn't need a response from them at all. But you should write a public fan letter to them. There are several ways that you can use the internet to do it too. You could write up a blog post about how much you admire someone's work and then link your post to their website. You could create something and dedicate it to someone that inspires you. You could find out what types of questions your heroes and people in, that inspire you are struggling with and figure out the answers for them. You could even improve upon their work and put it online for the whole world to see. Maybe even for your hero to see. But maybe not. Maybe you'll get a response of appreciation from them. Maybe you won't. It's all good regardless of whether you do or you don't. The point with expressing your appreciation to choose to those people that inspire you is to do it without expecting anything in return for your efforts. Eventually, once your own work begins to take off, you will start attracting your own fanfare. 
you will begin receiving emails from people who find your work inspiring too. Unfortunately, along with all the fan mail though, you might also tend to get some hate mail every now and then. You can delete all of those, but keep all of your positive emails and store them in a single folder titled praise file. Whenever you're having a bad day, as all of us do from time to time, open up your praise file and remind yourself that there are people out there that are actually benefiting from your work, that find you inspiring. Don't get lost in the past, though, at the same time. Do not get lost in the past, but do keep your praise file within arm's reach to give yourself a lift every now and then, just in case you need it. Big idea number nine, find a day job. Even if you do end up doing what you truly love for a living, it'll probably take some time to get there. And until you do, it's important to remember that you've probably still got some bills to pay. And that requires a day job. Sometimes day jobs are a good thing because they force you to compartmentalize the chunks of free time that you end up with and reserve it for working on what you love. If possible, create a schedule and a routine between the day job and the passion project. As the author writes, the trick here is to find a day job that pays decently, doesn't make you want to vomit, and leaves you with enough energy to make things in your spare time, unquote. Actionable insights from this big idea? Keep your day job to sustain you while you build up the resources to quit and focus your efforts full-time on doing what you love for a living. The ideal scenario with day jobs is to find one that helps you build a skill set you might be able to leverage in the future. For example, a job in retail might help you learn the crucial skill of selling, which might pay off when you start a business of your own. Big idea number 10. Get a calendar and a logbook. Quote, be regular and orderly in your life so that you may be violent and original in your work. Gustave Flaubert, unquote. Building a career worth talking about is something that happens over time, something that's built by doing small bits of quality work over a prolonged period of time. It doesn't seem like much to write one page each day, but when it's compounded over 365 days, you've got enough pages to publish an entire book. Making a single successful sale is a small victory, but making several dozen successful sales can lead to a promotion. To keep yourself on track with all of these small successes, you'll be needing a calendar. Calendars help you schedule important things, plan your work, and set measurable goals for yourself. So get one. Also, Calendars are important for planning your future successes, but you also need a logbook because logbooks are important for reflecting on your past successes. Logbooks aren't as in-depth as diaries, though. They're simple. Just list the things you do every day, where you went, what you ate, what you worked on, who you spent time with, and so on. Keeping track of these little wins will come in handy in the future as you refer back to them to jog your memory, to come up with new ideas, or to simply reflect on an accomplishment or two, or more, every now and then. Actionable insights from this big idea? Jerry Seinfeld, the comedian, has a calendar method that's gained quite a bit of popularity since he began talking about it. He uses the method to stick to his daily joke writing. It's a simple technique that you can use to keep yourself on track too. Here's how it goes. Step one, 
get a wall calendar that shows the entire year. Step two, break your work into daily chunks. Step three, each day, upon finishing your work, draw a big fat X in the day's box. Every day, your goal is to just fill a box with an X. Eventually, you'll have a chain. You'll like seeing that chain grow more and more over time. And your only job here is to avoid breaking the chain by doing your work and marking off your boxes. So, get a calendar, fill the boxes, do not break the chain. Big idea number 11. Creativity is subtraction. Did you know that Dr. Seuss wrote The Cat in the Hat with just 236 different words? Yeah. But his editor, his editor wanted to see if he could do even better than 236. So he bet him that he couldn't write a book with just 50 words. Well, Dr. Seuss answered and won the bet with a book called Green Eggs and Ham, which would eventually become one of the world's most popular children's books. You see, creativity is about working with whatever resources you have before you, however meager they may be, and creating something beautiful out of them. Some of the best art in the world is the result of people creating something with little or nothing. It's often what the artist chooses to leave out or has no choice other than to leave out and makes the art attractive and interesting. Even if you're lucky enough, to have unlimited resources at your disposal. Sometimes a self-imposed constraint can turn out to be one of the best things you do for your work. So keep it simple and keep in mind that in the end, creativity isn't only about the things we decide to include, it's also about the things we choose to leave out. Choose wisely and have fun. Closing notes. The key takeaway from Steal Like an Artist is this. Do not wait for someone to come along and tell you to start making or creating or starting the types of things or products or art that you want to see in the world. Choose to do it on your own. You don't need anyone's permission aside from the person staring back at you in the mirror. Dare to do the work you want to see done in the world and then share it. Share it with the rest of us so we can enjoy it too. Thank you for listening to this Flashbooks audio summary on Steal Like an Artist, 10 Things Nobody Told You About Being Creative by Austin Cleon, narrated by Dean Bakari. For more great nonfiction book summaries, visit www.getflashbooks.com.